Hi friends. So we are in our episode number three. Yes, with Andrew. And uh, today we are talking about thinking positively. Yes, and in this podcast, uh, again, we will follow our initial um, approach to this podcast. Uh, we have this mind and body concept and we are always search for the alignment. In this podcast, I somehow uh, represent the body and Henry uh, represent the mind. Yes, and uh, we have a perfect alignment. Uh, as perfect a, yes, alignment. and in this case, um, and and also we try to structure this podcast in a way that I will give a mental skill that people can practice in order to come sustain thinking positively, and Henry uh, will provide a more a philosophical approach and uh, I, I would I would even say that is more like you will translate into the real life as well and you will give more explanation from like dynamic of thinking positively from different perspectives uh, which I find it very interesting yes I'm looking forward <laughs> yes okay so well the reason I mean we know that there is an intrinsic value Yes, attached to thinking positively. Just practicing this, this mental skill, we can tremendously increase the, our well-being, our health, and we can be active. Uh, we can be active. We can be su successful. Whatever success indicators are we using, we can be successful in our life. Yes, and also we can positively affect lives of our friends and family. So that's a very important topic. I wouldn't uh, stretch this information, like this introduction too much. I will start immediately. So the way I do this and the way I uh, understand thinking positively is very practical. Yes. And for me, it starts with positive attitude. This positive attitude is something that we can actually cho choose. Yes, we can make a choice to practice positive attitude. Um, very very simple example. The direct example is about pain. Yes, you may have a uh, uh, injuries or you you can feel uh, some pain in your body. But this with the positive attitude, you can restructure this information that the signal that your body sends to you. You can change your you can make a positive attitude and actually you can change your practice you can see this pain as a signal to further development or just self-awareness yes and this is a positive attitude how you 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 should do this another another for example we talk about the failures in life yes and it's all it's already mantra everyone says it and it, it, the the failure is another uh, step toward the success yes if you of course you don't repeat this failure <laughs> multiple times. If the, the failure gives you an experience, it sets you, uh, and with the with the conscious choice of positive attitude, this is the first mental skills, one of the nines that I'm going to tell about, uh, that we can practice, we can make an informed choice of positive attitude, and that will be a first step toward the thinking positively. Yes, for us, thinking positively is a more category and all these small skills, mental skills will help us to sustain thinking positively. So I gave you one, the first uh, component or the first element of this step. step of thinking positively. And I will now, I think, Andrew, you can tell us more about this dynamic. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, exactly. This is dynamic. Go ahead, please. Well, first and foremost, I want to go back to the introduction. Um, it is an intrinsic value, um, positive thinking. Uh, and I think we need to understand and acknowledge and recognize um, that uh, often uh, we are not given these practices in a frame of understanding that uh, we can make these choices ourselves to do these things um, in a way that uh, doesn't then also burden us. And that's the problem. That, that's a problem. So we often um, I, my examples here uh, is our positivity 
as talked about on social media, um, tied, for instance, to uh, white feminism, um, is that people who use these positivity language, they say, well, you just have to think positively. And that's overall a negative way of framing it, right? It's not just about you thinking positively. Uh, you know, they, those people saying that, they also have to recognize and acknowledge the context in which you live, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, I mean, you know, I mentioned white feminism, so I might as well also mention one racist sort of means in which this positive choice has been presented. Um, in the United States, the saying of pick yourself up by your own bootstraps, right? Generally directed by white people at black people, right? And this is a way in which positive language is used negatively. And I, I want to frame this now in saying, for instance, uh, this is what I think this is my interpretation of RZA, actually, but it's also my own. Um, I want to frame this as, well, we can also negate negativity. That's a positive thing to do. So his examples are great, right? Pain is, you know, we don't want to experience pain. I hate it. You know, it sucks. Should I say sucks? Okay, I'll just say it. But uh, there is something I can do about that pain. There is a certain extent that I can understand my own pain there's a certain extent to which I can then negate my own pain. But of course, there's also a certain extent to which I cannot negate my own pain, right? I have to also acknowledge, recognize my own context. And I have to do actually both of these things. First, acknowledge and recognize what's happening. I'm in pain. What's the source of the pain? Environment or even in my head. Maybe it's something, you know, we talked about mental health. It could be something in my head. Uh, and then I actually have to be able to think positively, even if that means just negating, using thoughts to negate uh, what we would generally be thinking about when we're in pain. And the same with failure. You know, we, we do actually have, I think, in, in, um, in our culture, this trial and error sort of um, paradigm. Cycle. Cycle, right? Uh, you know, that is actually the basis of scientific thinking is trial and error, right? But also uh, the basis of all the things we do, all our learning is trial and error to a certain extent. Uh, and the problem in here I want to say, again, going back to acknowledgement and recognition, uh, we have to recognize and acknowledge um, that often this trial and error is put in a way uh, that people are then afraid of failure, you know, because they're judged. So, you know, we need to, in order to think positively, we need to be able to negate that, but also acknowledging that in general, society needs to learn to stop judging people or start, stop preventing people from actually doing trial and error, from being afraid of failure. And so this is how I'm going to actually be interpreting each of Riza's exactly. ex examples. Exactly. That's a very, very interesting and trial and error. Uh, actually, this cycle, this uh, paradigm that we have in science and also in society, which is another way of representing failure mm -hmm. and success. The second one, uh, I want to talk about self-motivation, uh, self-motivate. By self-motivate, there are um, the it there are uh, there are three problems that we should acknowledge, and that that will also help us to construct a better self-motivation. The first one, the motivation is should be tied to rewards, yes, and the benefits. the 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 idea is that what we we have to have an expectation what we will get at the end. That so that's outcome, yes. Because last time we also, when we talk about this uh, in our previous podcast, we talk about this duration pass outcome. This is a concept by Dr. Andrew Huberman. He's a neuroscientist. And the way how we motivate ourselves by knowing how long it will take to do something, the pass, how we will do this, and the outcome, what we will receive. What's our benefits? 
Yes, but what is the problem here? The first problem here, my benefits and rewards are not immediate. They are forthcoming. Yes, we'll have in this in two years, four years. Uh, like a gymnast, they train eight years, ten years just to participate in Olympic Games, for example. Yes, and it's very important to ha to hold this self motivation throughout these years, and this duration uh, duration pass outcome therefore very very important, very crucial to self motivate yourself. Yes, the another the the knowing acknowledging the that rewards will not be immediate is very powerful as well so you know that you will reach in 5 years so you will have you need have to this self motivation which is grounded i will say real another is another very important as we know in from the philosophy as well that is not necessarily we fight for the outcome but the fight in itself has a value. Mm -hmm. The act is itself is a goal. It's not necessarily that we motivate ourselves to achieve these benefits and rewards, but the benefit come from the participation and the, from the engagement. Practice. Yes, that's a practice. Yeah. So that's my second uh, element to sustain thinking positively. Okay. Now, floor is yours. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, first thing that comes to mind, um, actually, is um, with respect to outcome. So the word for this um, is instant gratification. Yes, exactly. right? We are in a society, and this is the end, we need to recognize this. We live in a society, a global capitalist, a late capitalist society, uh, in which instant gratification is our mode of being almost you know everything is is a click away everything is just a transaction everything is just a um sort of like an instant means of having this positive outcome uh that feels like a reward feels like a benefit um but of course that's not the case Right. That's problematic because, um, you know, if you are not, uh, if one, you know, if you are just acting towards an outcome instantly, then you're not planning, for instance. You're not actually thinking towards your future. And so what I immediately thought after this was we have to start respecting our future selves. Right. You know, I am 34 years old. I wish my... 20-year-old self had respected, you know, me a little bit more, but also I'm glad that, you know, my 20-year-old self did a lot of the things that they did. Um, the point being that we have these future selves. We know to some extent, generally, where it's going to head. Like, we don't, we, or at least potentially, where it can head. And we have to actually get out in order to get out of this cycle of this instant gratification of this society. Uh, first is acknowledging it, right? Uh, and then acknowledging that, that we have these super future selves that are based within our self right now and therefore also our past. Um, and that is how I tie then to your, uh, your fight. The fight in itself is the goal. Mm -hmm. um, you actually have to start practicing, or we have to start practicing, uh, because I don't want to focus always on the individual. That's my mm -hmm. thing. We always have to practice um, the idea of having this future selves. And, you know, there are examples of this, right? There's a global example. We have global warming right now. Um, in 10 years, that's going, like, in the past 10 years, we've already noticed each and every one of us, how global warming has affected us. Uh, and in 10 years, we are going to notice this more. This is a prediction, and it's probably going to come true, you know. Um, and it is acknowledging and recognizing that we have super self, future selves that we act now in order to mitigate global warming. Now, I, I've said a collective one, Right. Uh, I want to bring this back to you know us as individuals, 
obviously as well uh you know from my own experience as i said i wish my 20 year old self had said had uh had recognized the future self well that's kind of negative thinking in and of itself right now to think positively i do recognize i have a future self and therefore i can actually start practicing different things choosing different things making choices in or conscious choices in order to actively practice for my future self for the future that is us as well excellent very good and actively i have never thought about future self They're like being honest i'm in um i wanted to be a better of me in the future but i never visualized myself like a second person like i didn't reflect on this but which is very interesting so we come to the third one yes third one is actually related of course these are related yes we we are building a formula that will lead to thinking positively the third one is commitment or we say in uh, goals we have to set to set a goal so when we say that set a goal of course as as uh, simple as it gets we say short-term goals long-term goals and we say also goals should be realistic measurable and uh, time oriented again we go to this frame of duration pass outcome which i always like and i invite you listeners to go and check dr andrew huberman which also will be in our uh, blog post we will give his links and this is also another another very important part of the goal is about understanding a specific developments you can use uh, measures for example you can say that i want to do in in let, let me let me give an example yes of uh, in my second job i write programs for people then like today we will do sport together and we will get your benchmark you will define your benchmark and we will set a goal like in two three months for example we wanted you to to do Again, uh, very simple, like you wanted to do 10 push-ups and 10 pull-ups and 10 squats, for example. Yes, this is your benchmark and we wanted to increase this. That's very specific. But goals are not always tangible. We, it can be intangible as well. Then your question is, of course, how we can materialize intangible goals. Then write down your goals in, an, in your notebook somewhere in your computer. Open and write down. This is my goal. I wanted to give the time frame. Yes. Give the duration. How you are going to achieve. Yes. Do you give your past duration and outcome. Again, I just uh, 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 repeating this because it's one of the ideas and I really uh, like this three uh, concepts of thinking positively. And the last one is um, the again um which is we talk about this when we set a goal yes we say that it's immutable mm -hmm. we cannot change it mm -hmm. and that's actually a, li a little bit depressing <laughs> don't set immutable goals don't set immutable goals, set mutable goals. Mm -hmm. uh try to code program program your goals uh a little bit organic i would say organically organically, organically so they can take shapes because uh, they can have a different dimensions as well. So when you set a goal, try to frame it. But then another question, why people don't set goals? Yes, because there is a fear of setting goals. The first fear mm -hmm. is fear of judgment and rejection mm -hmm. once you didn't achieve your goal. Yes, mm -hmm. setting goal is always required the achievement. Yes, like you, if you don't do so, there is a fear of judgment or rejection. There is a fear of discontent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, there is a fear of the unknowns, mm -hmm. fear of unknown. Always say like the um, uh, the circumstance can always change, and you don't. It's very difficult. Yes, it's a. There are some people they don't set a goals just because they say that okay, I cannot see what will happen in two years, three years. For example, many of young people they don't um, pay uh, for the pension. For example, they they retirement. They don't plan their retirement in when they are 60 or 70 in certain countries this is very established because of institutions in denmark for example germany but when you set such a high goal like i will plan my retirement that is too far like it's an example of 
fear of unknowns yes if you will simply not you don't know you don't know you don't know what will happen mm-hmm. and fear of fear of failure as well is mm-hmm. is this one and and the another interesting point like these are fears 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 but of course this fear is a product of mind mm-hmm. yes thinking positively we think positively that we can achieve our goal this is mutable we can sh- take different shapes but at and at the end of the day we will achieve this mm-hmm. the knowing fears also the solution is thinking positively mm-hmm. is a kind of a uh, we kind of a negate the fears with the help of thinking positively mm-hmm. and we set goals mm-hmm. yes and last one what i wanted to say about setting goals perhaps this is a new for listeners some of them or like some of the people already listen to this the upper limit problem Mm, yes the upper limit problem is there is a book uh by gay guy hendrix yes by hendrix the book called the big leap is very interesting it will be also in blog post we can uh uh, i strongly recommend uh, to read our listeners and he called the upper limit problem when we subconsciously sabotage our own goal Mm-hmm. Yes, we say that oh, we cannot achieve this, yeah. but actually we can achieve. We sabotage our own goals subconsciously, sabotaging our own goals, and we created some uh, information, like we create some barriers in our brain, like in our conscious. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is something that we try to we try to avoid our failure was different like we create excuses why we didn't achieve the goal which is like we, which is a mental process of self-talking yes which we will talk we, you can probably you will say something about this yeah that is that is about the goal and commitment this is this is the way i try to be here very specific because our topic is thinking positively mm-hmm. so thinking positively will help us to overcome the fear of setting goals we will understand the upper limit problem. We will never sabotage our our goals. And uh, through this uh, understanding of uh, setting our like clear organic goals, organic goals, uh, we will uh, yeah we will we, we will better we will be better of us in mm-hmm. in, our, in the future. So okay, now it was <laughs> too much information, but still. Well, actually, I, I prefer this because this means yeah. I have to do less work. Yeah. Because I, I think there's actually very little I can add to this. All I can do, I think, um, since I'm talking, I'm generally taking the mind perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying right now to, um, to where you're talking about positive thinking. Uh, I'm trying to talk about then acknowledging that, you know, this is not always possible. It's not always easy. Uh, we have to recognize this. You know, it's, it's, it's not... We don't want to focus too much on you as the individual listener, but we want to put you inside of a context and say, however, there, even within this context, we can still, to a certain extent, think positively. Um, so setting goals, right? You mentioned short-term and long-term. Um, so I think we should... we should uh, And uh, later on, you had mentioned... Um, you know, this immutable question, right? And I think we should, we can understand uh, these two together, thusly, insofar as we say, uh, you know, our long-term goals, the more long-term it is, the less immutable we should make it, like the more mutable, as we say, uh, as in more flexible, more fluid. Um, the the step because that's because you're going to be taking specific steps towards these goals and those specific steps are going to depend on other people uh, other people who often do not recognize what it is that you're doing who do not acknowledge that it is something that you need to do you know given your own context um, and therefore do not as you said uh, you know we have to have specific developments do not understand what you are specifically developing. Um, so one step that we can actually then take, taking all of this, is being vocal about what we're doing. Um, and I, I, I am trying to. I, I like to put this into the idea of a shared practice. 
you know, actually that's what Riza and I are doing in order to com combine mind and body. What we're doing is we're having a shared practice of discourse, of talking about things, right? And I'm going to use an example that's just, you know, only tied to us, I guess, uh, to this podcast. Before this podcast, we set down clear steps of what we're going to be doing. You know, Riza is going to go through um, these goals uh, or these, um, what did you call them? They're not goals. Uh, step mental three. Skills. Yeah, mental skills. Uh, set, number three is setting a goal. Um, and, and then we talked about, so that was our, you know, not immutable thing that we're going to do, uh, which we broke down into steps. And that's what we're following right now. And it's still organic. You know, we're actually still having a conversation. Um, and so that's like, to me, that was our benchmark as well, was just to have a conversation that is organic. Uh, that's nonetheless, however, follows these steps that we both as a shared practice before this podcast and now during this podcast are practicing. Um, and I think it is we need to acknowledge, uh, you know, this again, going back to how this is always put on the individual. Um, we need to acknowledge that because we don't have shared practices, it becomes very difficult for individuals to uh, do the things that Riza is saying, right? And that's what I'm trying to say is like, I'm supporting Riza now by pointing out like, even though um, we have to acknowledge our contexts, uh, which is a very negative context, I would say, global capitalism mm -hmm. being a very negative context, I would say, uh, there's still nonetheless a certain res respect uh, with where we can in fact act positively, even if that's, to be positively negating something else. Um, and we can do that now to conclude with, uh, I, I, loved, I, I loved this idea, fear of the unknown, because it's been used with me recent, or it's been used by a friend of mine, or a mutual friend of ours actually recently. I won't say their name because it's a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, uh, fear of the unknown, uh, and that, that's the thing. Fear of the unknown is even scarier when you're the only one thinking about the unknown. When you have a shared practice, you know, such as discussion with other people, uh, and 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 um, consciously create steps together and goals together, to a certain extent, it's known what you're heading towards, mm -hmm. right? And that takes away the fear. That's an actual practical thing to do. Excellent. So the uh, the shared uh, practices, uh, which lead to my next uh, mental skills, is we call this relate to people. Mm -hmm. Yes, or people skills. Relate to people that the person should realize that he or she is a part of a community that includes their families, their friends, if teammates, their coach, they. Um, the immediate uh, is the surrounding people like neighbors and when we think in that way this is also very positive in a way that you are it is starts it's the po thinking positively it's ignited within you it's sourced from you but it is a like a torch that it brings the light to your surrounding to your to your families and and this people around you will cheer you like everyone when will see you okay this is a positive thinking man is coming thinking positively is is a something is also can be your profile yes so this is very important another when you communicate your thoughts when you communicate your feelings your emotions it's need to be also filtered out through the thinking positively it's there are tons of ways saying for example yes it's a the you can imp uh, what is it? express yourself in a very different way and you should make a positive attitude yes make a choice as a positive attitude and you win your communication with other people you will try to apply the thinking positively as a mental skill yes is this is an this is another mental skill which will in the effectively sustain the po thinking positively but i wanted to go further and uh, list the rest of them 
-hmm. so you can we can combine okay. them and uh, you can provide your uh, summary or explanation okay. yeah. yeah another is is the another mental skill that we should apply is self-talk self-talk I always yes yeah, self-talk is I always uh, compare self-talk with warm-up yes if you go to the gym and without warm-up, if you just started to grab the iron and do some stuff, you will probably injure yourself. Yes, it's not healthy. And self-talk is a kind of a mental warm-up. Yes, you can maintain your self-confidence during the self-talk. Self-talk will help you to maintain your self-confidence. And uh, it is a... It's as, a, as, a, as I always tell, tell to my friends that uh, the yourself is your also best friend yes because no one knows you better than yourself yes uh, uh, yourself is here is two different words yes it's not like yourself like two different words and uh, we can also use self-talk to regulate our thoughts and also we can regulate our behaviors in relation to our friends family also when we do for example i do i practice um a combat sports yes and this always i do this self-talk uh, which is a positive thinking positively the one way self-talk and i try to always um use to self-talk to regulate my thoughts towards my teammates for example that's that's very interesting process um that we should practice like warm up our mental uh, our uh Mental well-being, should I say? Warm up, <laughs> warm up mental well-being. I don't know whether. Yeah, I like, I like I, yeah very nice. I, like I hope that it's it's um, understandable. Another, the the next one, the subsequent one is to create the mental imagery, mm. or uh, we call this visualizing. Yes, the power of visualizing, and mental imagery is that you can get as detailed, as specific, as realistic as you can. You can define everything, yes? It's, there is no limit, yeah? You have this consciously, you can define this. Mm -hmm. And this imagery also very important for you um, to recover from your fails, yes? From your trials and errors. This mental imagery is something that it shapes your future behavior as well, yes? Mm -hmm. And again, I, I, I just wanted to repeat this. You can get detail specific as realistic as it gets. The more realistic detail and specific it is, the more you will uh, you will have this um, a kind of a clean and clear vision. Yes, it's there is a lot. There is a also lots of uh, books on that. Um, I don't I don't want to give this the one right now because. I have to make a research before I recommend the book. <laughs> this is very actually I took responsibility each time when I recommend the book. So, but we know that the power of visualization is something is real. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then we have two next, like which is also connected to each other. We saw this effectively regulating your emotions and effectively regulating your anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yes. But also we say this actively regulating your anxiety and actively regulating your emotions because it's a daily praxis. It's an hourly praxis. Yes, uh, we have to find this alignment between this our inner tick, like metronome, like tick, tick, tick and outer tick. Like sometimes because this inner voice or inner, uh, what, we, what, what you can say, like inner... Yeah feeling not feeling but let's assume it's like something mechanical inside you and it has some rhythm yes and this emotional rhythm does not overlap with external rhythm with external life then you have this conflict yes it's external like i mean the maybe for example you are uh you let i will give an example uh let's assume like you are in the queue you are waiting to buy something yes it's a line. It's a huge line. Yes, it's a long queue. Um, some people, they cannot stand in this queue because mm -hmm. they are so agitated in mm -hmm. inner side. Mm -hmm. They want they they mechanics, inner mechanics, they, it works very fast. They cannot stay there. They cannot uh, 
they, they are really struggling but other people can stay they are more patient you know the people are different and i think that it's something to do with your inner rhythm and your external life or what's happening outside mm-hmm. you a mismatch. mismatch there is a mismatch yes and this is when it comes to effectively or actively uh managing your uh, your anxiety and effectively or actively managing emotions that's what i what i mean when mm-hmm. i say this okay and the last one, there is a last one. Mm-hmm. The, the, the last one is concentration. Yes, the power of concentration is something that it um, it is a major ingredient of thinking positively. Yes, and my f- again today I uh, won the book that I s- s- recommended. Uh, the second book, uh, the book that I recommended is what the um the big leap by hendrix yes where he was talking about the upper limit problem mm-hmm. and the second book what i would like to re- recommend to our listeners is a power of concentration by william walker atkinson yes in uh, 1918 i think the book was published and today people say that okay it's a era of social uh networks facebook instagram twitter tons of other things we are already distracted yes there are books how we can gain back our concentration and so on but this is not a problem of today people humanity always struggled with concentration and this book is very nice where it is in 1918 they were no facebook and instagram but still people they suffer from the concentration and he also provides a very nice view and it is also authentic not authentic but it's also today is also um how you should actual like it's something that we can apply we can read the book and apply it to current. our life current yeah. exactly this is current yes so that is the list of the mental skills together we can practice them mm-hmm. which at the end will give us this formula will give us thinking positively it is it is very practical yes it's a practical we apply this we practice this to sustain long uh, term uh, positive thinking yeah all right since um since we uh now went through the last uh, six of these all at once. Um, I'm just going to list them off, uh, all of the practices off, uh, starting with one, just to, to you know orient ourselves. Because we have to remember, you know, these are even though we broke them into these categories, they're to be taken as a whole, right? Uh, so the first one was the practical uh, positive attitude. Um, yeah. We, we discussed, uh, you know, pain, uh, how we can see that pain, failure, how we can see that pa- uh, failure positively, negatively. Uh, then we went to self-motivation. We discussed um, how we tend to live in this world or we do live in this world in which uh, rewards and benefits are uh, these outcomes that we uh, get of instant gratification. Um, and... We, we then shifted that to pointing out that uh, actually it's the fight itself or the struggle itself that it's the goal. It's not the outcome necessarily, but the actual practice that we're talking about is the goal uh, where I then introduced the future self. Um, and then we moved on to number three, setting goals, long-term, short-term. Um, and we discussed this with specific, uh, with respect to specific developments, um, benchmarks, and also then pointing out shared practices. And that's where I brought the example of us right now are having a shared practice. You know, we we actually did research on this uh, before. That's also a shared practice, even though we did it separately. Because since we're talking about thinking positively, uh, we can also point out that we can have shared practices in our thoughts with other people, even when we're alone. And that's how I'm going, uh, now that, you know, just recapping the last three steps, I'm gonna start with the fourth one, Um, relating to people in our thoughts, right? 
Um, I think, I mean, the imagery of, of the source, you know, this, this light that comes within, or this being with inside of you, coming with inside of you as a source and then becoming a torch for other people. Um, I can totally relate to that insofar as uh, I, I feel like my, my past self, you know, um, who was me, by the way, I'm not trying to distance myself from my past, um, was often quite negative. Um, you know, to a certain extent, I see that as being reflective of the society we're in. But I nonetheless had to make a conscious choice in order to become more positive. Um, and this is, uh, I'm going to relate to this to sort of a, an example of my own life that I, I present as a kind of case study as well. Um, so I grew up um, in a certain extent uh, quite self-sufficiently, except in one regard, and that was cleaning up after myself, and, right? I didn't have to as a kid. You know, give, you can have um, your own background to this. You know, men tend to not have to clean up. Mothers tend to make girls clean up and whatsoever. I lived in a household with only two, uh, with two boys uh, as kids, uh, my brother and I, and my mother actually herself was actually just never very organized, but also working a lot. And so I never had this practice um, of cleaning up for other people. Um, and this became problematic when I was living with other people in Germany. Uh, and specifically very clean people in a dormitory who um, you know, we're very used to lots of people coming into the dormitory, treating it as if it's a place that is just, you know, I'm not going to stay here forever, so I might as well just enjoy myself uh, and not clean up after myself and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that caused a, con a conflict. Uh, and that caused a conflict in which I was in my own thoughts uh, unable to actually relate to other people in this respect because I had just never actually cleaned up. So I was being very negative in my own th thoughts towards these other people. Uh, and I had to actively turn that around. I had to actively negate that and start learning how to actually clean up after myself. I'm still terrible at it, but I, at least in a public setting, I'm much better at it. Um, and I want to tie, like I, I, like you said, filtering, expressing yourself, right? I, I wish at that time uh, that I had been able to express, you know, my background thinking or my background in cleaning. I had never just experienced it. And I wish the people as well, you know, had acknowledged that maybe I'm not just a person like all those other people in the dormitories who just kind of use it. Uh, and this is, again, I'm trying to put uh, support Riza's, by, Riza's um, steps by uh, talking about acknowledgement and recognition within, you know, a context. Like, even within this context, we can, even though it's overwhelmingly negative, we can nonetheless work within it, in ourselves, think positively in order to uh, actually become change ourselves basically that's what we're trying to say right positively change ourselves positively develop ourselves uh, and so that goes directly into the this self talk right we said express yourself and now so self talk uh this mental warm-up i'm going to give another example on the way here you know i walked uh it's corona times by the way people wear masks uh, I walked to Riza's. It's an hour and 40 minutes walk from my place to his place. I enjoyed it. I, it's, it was exceptionally beautiful weather. And during the time I was talking to myself, I was preparing this podcast. You know, even though uh, none of it is unfolding as I thought it would be, because that's what happens in conversation. 
uh, I was mentally warming myself up for it. And uh, you know, I know from experience, because I've had to give a lot of presentations and stuff like that, that you have to have some mental warm up in some respect. And the self-talk, I think, is a, an extremely good way of putting that. You're just talking to yourself. You're motivating yourself. Uh, you know, go, using step two, yourself is self-motivation. Uh, step three, it's setting a goal. Step one, it's it's a positive attitude to talk to yourself, uh, to be able to talk to yourself and say, I am in fact going to be able to do this, this, and this, even if it doesn't end up being the way that you thought it would be, because you know other people, to use a a, a term that I like, throw a monkey wrench into the system, you know, um, and so that I think then leads to uh, number six. Uh, so self-talk, what are uh, we talking about then with the self-talk? Well, we are talking about things, mental images that we create, right? We, uh, you, you used, I, I wrote down four um, things that you specifically said. We, we define things this, with, through this imagery. Uh, we recover ourselves through this imagery as in we, you know, think about how we are and are then are able to conceptualize ourselves. Uh, we therefore then also shape what we're doing. This again, going back to our future self. Um, and we do this by having a clear and clean vision of what we're doing. And these are all practices that we can do. And again, I'm going to put this into this recognition, acknowledgement of the collective. The problem being that we receive all of this negative imagery of ourselves from the outside. Uh, I mean, that is the context in which we live, is most of our discourse, most of our environment, most of our interaction with the world in a, the present context of late stage capitalism is incredibly negative uh, when it comes to this kind of mental imagery, right? And I'll just give some examples. I think that is vague without examples. Advertising is giving you always the image, if you're a man, it's giving you the image that you are insufficient. You know, you are not strong enough or handsome enough or whatever, as women as well you are somehow insufficient. These are negative images that we have. You know, they have different outcome or different uh, images depending on who we are. Uh, for instance, as well, tying back to uh, our previous podcast, we did touch upon intersectional feminism a little bit. Um, it's also, we get these mental images that are deeply negative based on skin color, right? White is overwhelmingly um, put into a positive light, right? And black is overwhelmingly put into a negative light. And now just to, again, tie this back to the self-talk, this is actually something I was thinking about on the way where I was able to relate. And that's, again, an importance of the self-talk thing is that, hey, now I'm able to relate something that I was thinking about to something that I didn't actually know was going to come up um, with this mental imagery, which I'm, I'm very happy for because I really like it. Um, so we have to have this mental imagery and we have to have this positive mental imagery and we have to actually strive towards, and we can actually strive towards making clean and clear positive images and I would say again, within this idea of self of um, shared practice with each other. So that's number six. There's still three to go. Um, actively regulating anxiety and emotions and emotions. So that is a eight, seven and eight. Oh, seven and eight together. Yeah. Okay. Well, they they go together. Yeah. So here I am going to um, point out that I think. People do not understand, to a large extent, just how much anxieties actually drive us as 
human beings. And so this is Zapolsky. That, so you had your author, um, Andrew, what's his name? Hendrix. Hendrix, yeah. Hendrix by Upper Limit. Uh, no, the, the, the neuroscience scientist. Andrew Heberman. Yeah, okay. That's so, Andrew Heberman. So, yeah, so I, 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 that's a neurologist, right? Dr. Sapolsky is also a neurologist. Yeah. Uh, he studies uh, the behavior uh, of human beings related to animals, making comparative studies and stuff like that. Um, and he spends a lot of time talking about the interplay between anxiety and aggression, uh, which are, you know, they're not separate emotions. There is no such thing, as he points out, as an emotion, or uh, sorry, as an angry, aggressive person that isn't also anxious. And we know this from also basic psychology as well. You know, we have the, there's, there's the joke, right? Uh, the, the, the five... The four F's. Uh, what was it again? Fear, or sorry, f flight, fight, food, and sex. Right? You know what the other F is, yeah. right? Um, and and so we have to. I I like that we're talking about anxiety because I think it tends to be not talked about in this society at all um, that we all have anxieties especially in this context right now we have coronavirus affecting all of us and like it or not we need to acknowledge that we are having anxiety responses each and every one of us to this thing uh, those anxiety and responses might be individual but there's nonetheless anxiety responses, right? Not wearing your mask, for instance, is an aggressive behavior, aggressive being based in the amygdala, and which is also where your anxiety is uh, based. Uh, or other way around, um, not leaving your own household, uh, even if it's, uh, you know, even if you have no real reason not to leave your household, like if you can go on walks and stuff like that, that's also an anxiety response. Uh, and I bring this together uh, with, so seven and an eight, I bring this together with acknowledging the fact that in the society, we tend to always individualize our problems and therefore not actually even know to the extent to which these emotions are in fact shared emotions, even though they have these individual outcomes. Uh, Sapolsky says individual differences. I think that's also a common term in psychology as well. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Um, and by being unable to acknowledge these things, and again, I'm, I'm just tying these all together, by being unable to acknowledge these things, like for instance, that uh, anxiety and aggression are put together, we are then not able to uh, learn the final step here, which is concentration. Um, because for concentration to work, you know, however, however smart um, the book that Riza is talking about might be, uh, for concentration to work, there have to be a bunch of social and environmental factors that are satisfied, conditions that are satisfied in order for us to concentrate. We, in talking positively, thinking positively, sorry, we, in thinking positively, can only point out that possibly your own thoughts are negative anxiety thoughts or aggressive, aggressive anxiety thoughts. Um, and what these are happening, or what's happening with these thoughts, um, because we're, we're kind of, I wouldn't say concentrated on them, but focused on them. We're always continually focused on them. What happens is that we then end up negating each other. And we negate each other in three following ways. Um, we negate each other 
uh, in our actions towards each other. I've I've touched uh, on one, you know, my not cleaning up was negating other people who were then cleaning up, you know, for me. That's a negative thing. Um, We negate each other through our words, right? Uh, For instance, you know, Riza says something and I, I could then just contradict him without actually even on considering what he said or interrupt or interrupt him yeah uh, there, there are many ways in this yeah. in this work um and then negating each other through our um thoughts and that's the that's what the subject of this mm-hmm. podcast basically is is that you know we we all experience these outward ones uh these external ones our uh, actions towards each other or with each other and our words with each other those external ones but our thoughts ones those are those are only our experiences um i i wish we had that technology you know it's it's possibly a, something that can happen in the future uh but for now what's happening in my head is inaccessible to what's happening in to to riza and what's happening in Riza's head is inaccessible. Uh, and so we have to learn how to actually uh, concentrate in order to have at least not have our own thoughts negate other people, for instance, while they're talking. For instance, if Riza's talking and I'm, all I'm thinking about is how, what I want to say, then I'm not... You know, I'm not actually doing something. Uh, I'm not actually, you know, uh, I, I'm negating him. That's what I want to say. I'm negating him. Uh, and so what I did actually, and you know, there's a certain extent where I can't control that by just thinking. So what I did was I externalized this internal process. I wrote down what he was saying and I kept notes. That kept made me actively listen to him. Uh, and... It allowed me to also put my own thoughts down so that I could return to them. Uh, And so that's like one way in which we can, because we are fundamentally not able to share our thoughts, it's one way to externalize what is happening internally so that we can concentrate on each other so that we don't negate each other. Um, And so... you know, that's writing things down as an action, or as, as, you know, a clear linguistic practice, as a clear speech practice. Uh, another one would also then be to actually actively, to tie it to action, would also to be to actively uh, arrange yourselves so that you can um, have such conversations, right? Um you know, if there's an environment that's distracting, you can move, for instance. Um, I, I've, I've had an example, uh, or as an example, I, I've had people like talk to me while they have headphones on and they're listening to music. And I can even listen to my own self when I, I have headphones on. I don't know how they're talking to me. Uh, and, you know, that's one thing as well is that you know, if we actually have to move, physically move things or ourselves in order to be able to concentrate, uh, you know, by changing our environments. I think I now have uh, talked long enough. (laughs) Thank you very much for talking long enough. (laughs) So today uh, we were together, I think we were very practical in Mm -hmm. constructing how we can construct thinking positively. Another way is self-messaging, like self-messaging, positive Mm self-messaging. We can also say this. Mm -hmm. And we developed nine different skills, mental skills, that we can train them, we can practice them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Again, we will write them in the blog post. Also, we will have a digital poster that you can upload or download, download, download <laughs> into t- to your computer, and you can have this all these nine mental skills that will help you to sustain thinking positively. Thank you very much for listening, and 
And do you want to say? Yeah, <laughs> I want to say something. Yeah, yes. Uh, two things: wear masks, and if you're in, in the United States, go vote. Go <laughs> Democrat, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> We are. Yes, I would say don't vote, but vote. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for listening. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, ciao, 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 ciao. We should. Ciao, ciao. Ch- and moin. moin. <laughs> no, tschüss. Tschüss. Cool. Cool, cool, cool.